I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f*** are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. Oh, my God! The Queen the of Glendale. Glendale. Who are you? The Irish-American tornado. Surprise, motherfucker! Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back, everyone, to Trend Lightly. Welcome to 2022 with your host, the Queen of Glendale herself, Molly McLear. Hi, Molls. Hi, Tiffany Maddox. <laughs> Thank you for introducing the show today. You guys, I've been posting to our TikTok page for the last week. I did open up the Taylor Swift advent calendar. Shout out to the Block Vintage, who I didn't even realize was like <laughs> leaving drunk comments <laughs> on one of our audio clips of the show that I like tried putting up on TikTok, but I like knew intellectually we're not going to perform well. She was like, I want to see the calendar. So like the fact that even one person wanted to watch me open up my unauthorized Taylor Swift advent calendar meant the world to me. And yeah, I, I, I'm done. I finished it. I opened them all over the course of like five days, but 
I want to, one, get you more comfortable introducing the podcast as we are co-owners, but two, I feel like we need our British correspondent to be (laughs) posting on the TikTok page. Listen, this maybe is the return of my face on the internet in 2022. This could be the time. I might come out of retirement. I think I'm going to do it. I feel like you have a good face. I feel like, you know, you take care of yourself. Like, what's the point of not, you know, getting that beautiful mug out there? Are you still burnt? Are you still maimed facially? No, 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 I'm not. I mean, there is a tiny, tiny, tiny little like mark on my chin from the chocolate croissant that I ate over Christmas what was really upsetting to me actually is that like it really fucking hurt and my mom had made these chocolate croissants and said to me oh it's really really hot be careful and I was like okay fine and then and then like in the next breath she said well are you gonna eat your croissant or what and I was like oh and I had this like weird like when someone tells me to do something sometimes I just do it so I did I bit into it and the thing about chocolate is it has the viscosity of like stickiness so when it rolled down out of the croissant onto my bottom lip and then my chin it stuck to it a little bit so it was on there for like a sec before I could brush it off because it was like sticking and it fully blistered I mean it blistered and scabbed it was really bad did you put a salve or something on it I did I did I put a little balm on it and then I also I was putting sort of um Vaseline on it every day just to like help the healing and it and I'm like a notorious face toucher chin in particular now since I had my chin done like with injectable now I have a chin I was like I'm a chin toucher so the urge to like scratch at it was so ferocious but I didn't I think the bomb helped with that but I mean I don't know maybe we could put it on Instagram stories but it's pretty brutal it was a full I'm so sorry that happened especially to your beautiful fake chin which I don't I mean I don't know your chin not having filler in it and I truthfully I barely know your chin now (laughs) But, but I would not be surprised if your country gave away free Botox as part of, you know, free Botox, free fillers as part of the healthcare situation. It would be good. I mean, actually, funnily enough, I'm going to have some more Botox tomorrow. Funny you say that. And my doctor did actually once say, because they're both, they like both the doctors that I see are, they do additional work in the National Health Service. So like they both have their specialties that aren't just aesthetic medicine. And one of them said that he thought that Botox should be for free on the NHS. I think you can get it for like more serious Migraines and jaws and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, the last time I did any sort of like injectable was I did Botox in my forehead on, I think it was like literally March 9th, 2020. Oh, wow. And I went very conservative with it because – I just have a face that like for some reason it sticks to me. It's like not something that goes away easily. It's just Mm -hmm. it's like really on me. And I'm finally starting to see some forehead movement again now. But for better or worse, I have like an XXL Botox life on my face. That's good though. That's really cost effective. I mean, on the flip side, it is kind of terrifying if it all goes horribly wrong but do you like the feeling of numbness that you get from the Botox 
I don't know that I've ever gotten past being like self-conscious about it mm-hmm. enough to like feel anything. Like I don't <laughs> I don't feel numb and I, I mostly just feel like embarrassed and I feel even embarrassed that I know it's there. Right. I'm embarrassed for myself and I shouldn't be. And that's something that I would absolutely tell someone else to like fuck off if they were <laughs> judging someone else for it. I'd be like, fuck off. Leave them alone. They're happy. But for some reason, I just can't let myself have that. We'll explore that more, I'm sure, over the history of this show, you know. But we have joined here today to do some 2022 predictions. And not just because it's fun, but because this has been a trend this year. Yeah. No, big time. Definitely on TikTok. I've seen more and more of it. And a lot of it's the same. We did decide that... We're going to go no death Mm -hmm. because like I was very, I'm going to be honest with you, the Betty White thing, it's upsetting to me, not that she died, but because people drove this woman fucking crazy about dying for years. Like the pressure that must have been on her, like the fact that every time you're trending, everyone's like, is she dead? Is Betty White dead? Oh, thank God she's not dead. And like, no joke on January 1st. People were like, oh, well, like, who's going to be next? Who would be really upsetting next? Is it Dolly Parton? And it's like, stop saying that. Like, don't don't do that to people. That's like weird energy to put out there, too. It's like faux concern. It's actually like very disrespectful to their memory. Listen, I love the elderly, so I will fucking come to your houses individually and break your fucking knees. Okay, so keep (laughs) old people out of your goddamn mouth on my watch. Well, the same thing happened with Ruth Bader Ginsburg as well. It was like people sort of ghoulishly being like, "Don't die," and I and I understand there was like a nut. There was another reason, obviously, politically, for that. But that felt so. It it is weirdly ghoulish. That's the only way I can describe it. It's very ghoulish. It's so ghoulish. Additionally, because like, well, one, she should have retired during the Obama administration, not to go there. But two. <laughs> Like, so much of it is this, like, faux concern. It's like, oh, well, geez, I really hope she doesn't die. It's like, shut up. Like, get a better hobby than to, like, sit at home and be on Twitter and act like you're, like, terrified. If you're so scared, go to her house and breathe oxygen into her all day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Do it manually. Like, and also, I don't know. This is my big thing, too. Like, the earth is hell right now. Like yeah. everyone's like justifying it. People, it, people are going real Ruth Conda forever with this Betty White thing. Yeah, and it's freaking me out. Someone was like, "She's up there eating cheesecake with the girls." I'm like, "I wasn't B. Arthur like a bully? Like, <laughs> I weren't they like actually not good friends in real life? Like, like don't be ridiculous." Yeah, yeah. Did you know that there was? There was quite an interesting death that happened that I get like very hot under the collar, like heated about. It happened, I think, last year, which was there was this elderly man in the UK called Captain Tom. Did you see anything about Captain Tom? Fill it in for me a bit and it might ring a bell. So he was a, I guess he was, he was formerly someone who maybe served in the army. He was a very, very old man, very, very elderly. I want to say he was in his 90s. And when the coronavirus pandemic first hit, he did this thing where he would walk up and down his little, you know, driveway in his walker and doing like a sponsored walk to raise money for the National Health Service, which made me 
viscerally angry because I was like the National Health Service is a public service that we all pay for with taxpayer money and if it's not funded properly it's because the government has fucked up the funding it should not be <laughs> like to an old man to do a charity walk to fund an essential healthcare service so I was like a real grinch about it when everyone was like wow this is so inspirational and I was like this is disgusting this is late days capitalism let the man rest like he's in his 90s anyway, I know so he became like this like sort of grotesque symbol. And I'm sure he's like very, very sweet man, but like was very much co-opted by people as often, you know, people like him are. He was sort of co-opted and, and sort of almost canonized. And <laughs> this is so fucked up. So like British Airways, like he was getting like brand deals and shit, like hashtag spawn. So British Airways said, hey, do you want to go on holiday? So they sent him like first class and his family to Barbados and he fucking got COVID and died. All right. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, this is it. That's it. This is the problem. And then this they is like, the, this is the problem. This is the problem. And then, and then they like did this insane, fi- like it wasn't even a fireworks display last year, but at the end of like, you know, the end of the year always in London, they do a huge display, like whatever, like they do all over the world. And on New Year's Eve, they did this like drone display. And one of the drone things, no, was no. Like a, yeah, it was an outline of Captain Tom and his walker. And I was like, this is a very strange little island that we live on. This is a very strange little island. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, the Betty White stuff is like, oh, let her be. Let her be in peace. Let her be. And everything that was is true about Betty White remains true. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, okay, maybe she would pack a theater to this day, but like every single fucking American better buy a ticket for that to be worth it. You know, like, well, she wasn't making more movies for us. She was old. We all knew it. Don't act so surprised. Anyway, 2022 predictions, no deaths. But no maybe, death. on Patre- maybe on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. So we both wrote 22 predictions each. We'll see how many we can get to over the course of like, I don't know, maybe like an hour and a half, a little less or something. Do you want to start? Okay. So we'll do one each and back and forth, right? Like it's a uh, Yeah, and this is probably going to be whiplash this whole episode because I we've taken a peek, a sneak peek at one another's lists and it's all over the place. It's insane. There were so many of yours that I heavily agreed with and then I had to go and and try and go out of left field. Well, cuz I'm no fun and I take things like this very seriously and I can't I don't I'm not the person that's going to sit here and like write a joke list. Like I actually feel like I'm getting good work done. I am an empath. <laughs> I am clairvoyant and I am I have crystals, I have all of it. So I took this like like the way that I always do, which is very serious and clinical and I'm going to take my Capricorn energy out on every single person listening. Okay. So but I agreed with yours too. Yeah, there's. A, I think there's. There was definitely some symbiosis, and I think we went to the same places with it, like mentally. But I think you know, I some of mine got a little unhinged towards the end. But okay, so this is a this is a bold one. But my first one is that Lizzo will be cancelled in some way. It's. I can see that. I mean, it hasn't. It's been years since the lobster roll incident. Mm-hmm. And the smoothie, the smoothie diet situation too gave me like rumblings of it. 
But I tell you for why. I think Lizzo is – I love Lizzo. I love Lizzo. I love music. her. I think she's amazing on TikTok. And I think – and and just as a whole ass person, I think she's like beautiful, incredible, amazing. But I think like as we've seen with much beloved celebrities, the higher the pedestal, the easier it is for them to fall. And I think – that at some point, I don't know for what, I haven't figured it out yet. I think it might be once again, wellness and diet related, but I think Lizzo is going to be canceled and it's going to be for something very, very, very minor. And it's only because the pedestal that she's on is so, is so grand. I agree with that. I agree with that. We had another similar cancellation sort of like that on both of our lists, but like, you know, the cleanse thing pissed me off because I see what you're saying, but it's also like completely okay to do a week long juice fast. Like, is that really that big of a deal? No, I think like really anyone, what anybody's weight, anybody's body, anybody's diet is none of my or anyone else's business. I think it's, I don't think this is Lizzo's fault, but she has sort of inadvertently become quite symbolic of fat acceptance and fat positivity and body acceptance and I and I say fat with love as someone who identifies as a fat person and I think that because again once again she's been placed on a pedestal that she didn't necessarily ask for that people expect from her to behave in a way that is somehow uh that rejects any form of diet culture and whatever you want to sort of describe as diet culture is very broad that falls under that umbrella I don't think she should have gotten any shit was I a little disappointed that like I was seeing it just knowing the level of influence that she has and place of safety she is for a lot of people who want to stay away from diet culture yeah I get that too that's fair that's fair because I was gonna say like I think personally it's annoying when like Gwyneth Paltrow talks about cleanses because it's like babe like, let's just pretend like what this is 100% for wellness. But mm-hmm. I understand what you mean. Like, people assume that they can go to Lizzo and not see anything that's maybe going to, like, trigger a past eating disorder, no matter what that eating disorder was or whatever, right? Yeah, Because you're right. right. She eats, like, a very mm-hmm. – okay. So I have some pregos in the mix. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to open up with – I think after she films the Wicked movie, I think Ariana is maybe going to get pregnant <gasps> at the end of the year. <sighs> I've seen this going around a lot. Yep. Florence Pugh, I think, is going to get pregnant. Interesting. I don't know. I think she's still with Zach Braff. I don't really know anything about her, but I feel like she's at an age where it's not out of the realm of possibility, and she seems like a nester from what I know about her. Mm-hmm. Azalea Banks. <gasps> that would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. One of the SNL ladies. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. And then Bad Baby I have down because I feel like she's someone that leans toward like maybe a Kylie situation where, you know, she's financially doing well. She's obviously grown Mm -hmm. a lot since we first met her and she might want something to mother or be maternal towards because we have to remember with Bad Baby, before she went crazy, she had been taking care of her cancer-ridden mother for many, many years. And that's Mm -hmm. something that's like completely played down about her was that like she fell into a caretaker role 
for her mother at a very young age. So I think that I could see her wanting to become a young mother if the opportunity presented itself. Like that. I like that. I agree with all of the above. Kylie has had me thinking completely differently about young motherhood, especially with, and, and there's a lot of class stuff and even race stuff involved in that where Mm. like it always used to just be like terribly trashy for a young girl to get pregnant because I know my mom dealt with that and she was 21 which isn't even that young Mm -hmm. but you know if you if you are financially stable why you know and you're you've somewhat got your shit together why wouldn't you have a kid when you're like 19 20 why not my mom had me when she was 21 too and I think like I don't know People people are rewriting the rules at the moment, and I think we're going to see a decline in birth rates generally because the you know the, the people are very acutely aware of what's going on in the world. But I do think for those that do choose to have kids, I think that, that we might see it trending towards younger people again, away from that kind of like later stage pregnancy when you've kind of figured stuff out. Like it, it may be, I think it may be a young pregnancy resurgence. Are babies chuggy? Babies are so chuggy. <laughs> They're getting really chuggy, I would say. Okay, go – give me your next one. Well, I've said the Amanda Bynes come back, and I'll tell you for why. I was searching my searching my mind to think of, like, which starlet who was – definitely had a rough time of it in the sort of early 2000s is due for a revival. I think that given that Amanda's conservatorship has been renewed for an extra couple of years, it was renewed in September, I think they extended it. And that all of the conversation around Britney's conservatorship and obviously Lindsay's doing Christmas movie and all the rest of the stuff around it. I was like, who haven't we who haven't we um reclaimed? And Amanda, I feel, is due to reappear into the public spotlight, hopefully happy and healthy and fulfilled and in a better place mentally. I love your hope. (laughs) Along the criteria you just mentioned, I don't know if she'll come back to singing because truthfully she was never commercially successful, but Jessica Simpson I think (gasps) could be – I think Jessica Simpson could come back doing acting. Oh, I do love Jessica Simpson. Who doesn't? And I mean, like, she did sort of have a moment with her book, which was great. I don't know if you read Open Book, but it's awesome. No, but I did listen to the You're Wrong About deep dive on it. So I feel like I have. And it was very illuminating. I very much learned to love and respect her through it. I absolutely clean house on my tweets every, like, six months. But I like live tweeted reading it and it was such a delicious read like that's the part if I were you I would just get the audible you deserve it and (laughs) it's like easy listening you're so happy to hear her voice and yeah she does a really she does a really good job and I don't trust other people to give me the nuggets that I like Mm -hmm. okay here's my next one a big celebrity commits vehicular manslaughter love it I mean I don't love it but I get it (laughs) it does it happens like you know every few years like Caitlyn Jenner killed someone yep very true didn't Sarah Jessica Parker's was that vehicular no um yeah Matthew Broderick did a vehicular manslaughter I I think Brandy might have as well hmm Lynn Spears hit a teenager with her car when she, when she was like 18, 19. Hmm. 
Well, probably do one. Yeah. Okay. What's your next one? Oh, that Logan Paul gets defeated by KSI for the third time and then finally retires from boxing. <laughs> Dude, our boys are giving it to us at the very beginning of this year. Logan and yeah. KSI are doing their like live announcement of the date of their next fight, the day that this episode comes out. And mm-hmm. I'm already jealous of my future self to to find this date. Jake Paul went after Dana White. <laughs> the- <laughs> Is he like, what do you call him? Like the founder of UFC? Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I actually love it when Jake Paul bullies a man who is significantly older than him. It's it's harassment at this point, but it is actually very entertaining. But like he came at him with this list of demands, but I want to include here Dana White responding to Jake Paul because right away he like comes out the gate with like, so Jake Paul called me and called me a cocaine addict. (laughs) (laughs) and throws it back in his face and says you know not only will I get tested anytime you want me to I told you I would do that but I told you I wanted you to be tested for steroids and then Jake Paul gets online he's like I don't know if you see my fat little titties but like I'm you know (laughs) on vacation celebrating right now so it was a nice little exchange you know I Mm. love that at the beginning of a new year yeah Jake you never responded to the challenge you publicly stated that I use cocaine. I do not. So I told you, you could randomly cocaine test me for the next 10 years. I believe that you're a cheater, and I believe that you use steroids. So I want to randomly steroid test you for the next two years. Dana, I accepted every part of your challenge. I said I would fight Masvidal in MMA. Steroid test me whenever the fuck you want. It is two weeks after my fight, and I am a fat bitch. I don't do steroids, and I take it as a compliment because there's no other excuse to me knocking out all of your champions than this kid does steroids. Look at me. Look at that. A fat bitch. Okay. Again, this is going to be like neck-breaking, but I think a COVID doctor or a nurse is going to do a mass shooting or shoot up an anti-mask rally. Ooh, that is a dark one. I well, I'm just saying. I think it's. I think it's the logical next step. Unfortunately, there's something brewing for sure. I mean, like you cannot have these doctors witness the trauma mm-hmm. and go through the trauma that they've gone through every single day for two years, and not eventually, like even the best of them, can be broken. And I feel like because people who are against so much of like the COVID protocol are so proud of it and so loud about it. I could just, I could see that going a, the wrong way, you know? Yeah. Not that I hope it happens. I definitely don't. I'm not saying like good for you, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I just, it feels like something is brewing. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is going to start to go the other way. Like, you know, instead of do no harm, it's going to be like, I'm going to do harm to you. I think that, and that's the way that I I see it going in the near future. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely, there's something, there's something energetically in the air where I think people have just fucking had it and the pressure valve is going to be released somehow in a way that is going to be very unpleasant. Yes. Like it'll be someone who it's like antithetical to their entire existence to do it, but just 
you know, I mean, there's there's doctors in Texas too, mm-hmm. you know, smart ones. Okay, my next – oh, wait, it's you. Oh, yeah, mine is that very thin eyebrows and chunky bangs are going to make a comeback. Okay, so when you say chunky bangs, do you mean like a classic like – Zoe de Chanel bang. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's because of the resurgence of both indie sleaze and then also like the twee fashion side of indie sleaze. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. I've been getting love bombed by my FYP <laughs> regarding the upcoming twee movement. And yeah, I do. I think. I mean, here's the other thing. Yes, you guys might like see it and think, oh, it's like twee fashion, and maybe it is, but. It's it's 1950s fashion. Yes. There might just be like a more like there might be a more obvious like cardinal on it <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, we already know that tights are making a comeback in quite a big way. So I don't think it would be outside of the realm of possibility that, yeah, that also chunky bangs and tights, which were I would like to see that. Me. I would like to see that for Zoe because like I feel like she Zoe herself would have like a great comeback right now and I don't think that she's like gone away but mm-hmm. I think that it could be like her next new girl era or something. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think don't... she could have that anytime she wants. Like people, you know, love Zoe Deschanel, but yeah. I don't think that we I think now would be like a smooth time for her to come back. Absolutely. The timing is ripe. What's your next one? Brittany and Sam are going to break up. <gasps> oh, tell me more. Well, I don't want this for her, but I think a lot of diehard Brittany fans have suspicions about Sam, like his intentions, you know, mostly his intentions. She did start dating him when she was under her conservatorship and it was widely rumored, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, that her dad would basically say like, here's this guy. And then she would just like date the guy for a few years, maybe even get engaged. And then it it would sort of go away. And I think that Sam is someone who figured out how to play both sides of it very well for a long time. Mm. And I, I think it could even be like end of year, but I don't, I think that someone who is an important voice to Britney will step in and say like, Hey, maybe you just want to like consider going slower. I do know she's on a, on a real rush to have a kid, Mm. but I just, I, I, maybe this is one of the few that I really tried to take my ego out of it. And my next one is not going to support that theory at all. But like, I, I think that this is one that I hope for anyway, that like once she's like talking to people more frequently, things are going well in the interviews, maybe people will see some dynamics and someone will like, you know, maybe a Madonna type will call her up and say, hey, you know, yeah. what about not marrying this guy that your father approved of? Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, it's a bit, it would be really interesting to see how the relationship fares now the conservatorship is over because it's a bit like a prison relationship or like a, like a camp relationship where you're sort of two people who are in a very, like the world that you inhabit becomes quite small. And so everything feels very, very significant, but now the world is sort of opening up to her. I wonder if, if it'll just naturally fizzle out because of that. 
I think it'll be like topsy-turvy a little bit. I think that, you know, now they're probably really, really enjoying each other. And with this like new freedom, it's like now they're getting to live the life that they always wanted to live. Mm -hmm. I I do think that maybe over the next year that could peter out. Who knows though? I, I just want Brittany to be happy whether or not that involves Sam, but my sneaking suspicion is that someone's going to get their hands on her in the right way and say, hey, maybe not the one. What about, okay, what's your number five or number six? I don't know. Oh, the Doja Cat will have a bit of a public meltdown and she'll get mildly canceled for something that she says on a live video. And my evidence to support this theory is that <laughs> I've seen a lot of teenagers on TikTok talking about Doja Cat and just how just very overworked she is like the sheer amount of output recently has been or in the last couple of years you know her her rise has been pretty stratospheric but she's been working very very hard and there are little cracks appearing and also isn't she under the tutelage of Dr. Luke also who we know not to be a particularly great person to be working with so I think that Doja is gonna I think the facade may crack and I think it may crack on live because she is of course a child of the internet who loves to be on the internet Yeah, I agree that things could – I mean, she likes to drink and go on live. And things Mm – I mean, that meme of her saying, that's my sense of humor. And my mistake was thinking that you would think that was a joke or something. That's because I think she said the F slur, like on a live. And Mm -hmm. we Mm – you know, it's it's sort of a meme now and people are removed from it. But, I mean, I think Doja has a lot of those, like, bad habits of a – child of the internet from that era and maybe uses words and phrases. I mean, we she's had questionable online behavior. And I would say, haven't we all? Yes. But the way that people yeah. react is that that maybe they haven't all. And that's, oh, that's a huge thing for me now. Where people now are denying the reality of the world they live in because they're so afraid of appearing not woke that they're like, oh, well, I don't mm-hmm. think any, I don't, people weren't like that racist. No one in my group was racist in the 80s. No one used the R slur. It's like, no, actually, yes, you did. And you're a fucking liar. Like, because absolutely mm-hmm. there were, like, if if you haven't said bad words, then at least many people you know have and acting fucking delusional about it isn't going to make the problem less difficult or or less unpleasant. Like, you know, I'm just going to think you're a liar. Like I actually is as awful as it was that whole thing we all went through and also very confusing with, with Matt Damon. I appreciated mm-hmm. his candor. Okay. Like our boy <laughs> was at least being real about what a 50 something year old man from Boston might talk like. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. I, and I, I think, agree. yeah, I don't know. Listen, just everyone stop lying. You've all said bad words or you have at the very least know people have said bad words. That actually sounds very sus of me. That sounds like I used to like say the N word or something. I'm not, I never did that. <laughs> I just want to be clear that you are not getting anywhere around me pretending that you've been, you've lived in a bubble of happiness. Okay. My next one is, well, we're dealing with like serious inflation here. We're also dealing with supply chain issues in the United States. And so my fifth prediction is that Bitcoin is going to blow up this year. I feel like inflation is such a huge problem. We're dealing with so much economically. 
I didn't even write down all of my economic fears for 2022, which you're welcome. But I do think that like a positive aspect of it is that crypto is really going to do a lot better because people are going to start to see that what I've been saying for years, honey, the US dollar is not stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also have a crypto prediction on my list, but I think you're right. I think crypto is is going to punch through this year. It's, I mean, it has to sometime because I know that this thing isn't going anywhere and it's already grown to like, you know, three times what I think people thought was the peak. So, okay. What's your next one? This is a boring one, but I think Instagram is going to kill the grid post, the square grid post. And I think everybody's going to get really, really angry about it. And then I think they're going to put it back. And I think like, Instagram have already made noises about them changing, like having some pretty big changes to the app this next year Mm -hmm. yeah, and changes that would be more reflective of TikTok. So I'm like, the grid post is going to be the most extreme thing to go, but everyone is going to fucking hit the roof about it. And then they're just going to have to like quietly, basically walk back their extreme change. One of my girlfriends tweeted the other day that like she's so, feels so inundated by video when she goes on Instagram mm-hmm. and she's like, I don't have TikTok for a reason. And I feel like that was sort of thrown out at the beginning of people noticing these changes, like a more reels heavy platform. I was hearing, you know, a lot of artists say that there's really no equivalent to Instagram in terms of like a photo sharing app that pretty much everyone is on that you can post like beautiful high quality images on and that everyone sort of enjoys, right? Like there's definitely people who are still posting away to their Flickr account, but it, you know, has been 10 years since anyone was checking the Flickr accounts of literally anyone. So it's, it's difficult, I guess, if you're a, a visual media artist, you know, if you work in like stills, where's your home now? Mm hmm. I agree. I think I, I mean, I don't use Instagram all that much, honestly. And I, I very rarely do use sort of the grid. And I think it's, maybe it's just because of the nature of like, uh, maybe over following and then just not having a curated space, but I definitely see the value in it. And I think it would be a really big fuck up to remove the grid. But I do think that like, tech is a bit like big tech only looks at numbers and strategists only really look at numbers and they don't really take a holistic view of platforms and and they're seemingly very out of touch I mean YouTube has historically been massively out of touch with its user base for like the entirety of its run so it wouldn't surprise me if they you know if they fucked up So, well, here's my question about like the grid itself as like a functional tool or like a existence period is that I know that eventually like the concept of a grid looking very organized or cohesive was something that was like adopted after the fact where now like artists will, you know, do 12 posts in a row and like have their album cover be on the grid, which like looks cool. But I can I can see that like you know you you don't really go onto pages so much and see like a uniform aesthetic that's like oh this is like comfortable and interesting like for the most part now when you look at something like that it does it feels manufactured it feels cheesy it feels mm-hmm. like oh you're indulging in this sort of you know 
flirtation with late stage capitalism before we got to like where we are now. You know, it's like sort of that hopeful millennial, like, let's just make it all like kind of pink and people will keep spending money here. And now we're just in such desperate times that when you see that, you're like, oh, that's weird. hard agree. Hard agree on every level. And I think like as a broader trend prediction for the coming year, I mean, there's there's been a lot of talk about people getting their fillers dissolved and BBLs kind of put back, you know, reversed. Son and- of a bitch. You know, son of a bitch on that one because it was not that long ago all those girls were coming back. And you mm-hmm. all risked your life. One in 3,000 of y'all died. And now the Kardashians have the fucking nerve to be like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to have like my fucking 12 ass cheeks sucked out right now. Like, no, bitch. Like, that's so – I mean, it's just – honestly, it's awful. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that people lost their lives to attain something that is – it's not even in fashion anymore. And like by the time you – this is like so true about most things though, right? Like anything in trend with like – if you're going to buy a Louis Vuitton bag, don't get the one that Louise from St. Louis got or whatever. You have to get one that's like a <laughs> classic because you want to carry that thing for 25 years and like take really good care of it and – but also make it, you know, have it be well-worn and very, you know, used. It's just – it's heartbreaking to think of these people that saved up for years to go get a BBL. And then now it's like, it's not the move. No, hundo P. And I didn't want to talk about like body trends or anything like that, but like there seems to be a resurgence towards like a very, very nineties, very, very thin look, especially with the sort of like, you know, the low rise, there's all this panic about, oh, low rise jeans and whatever. I'm too like, I'm too middle-aged to wear low rise jeans, but it's also like, it's, there is a seemingly a bit of a sort of like body trend, which is swaying away from that, like more in like surgically enhanced. I mean, okay, wait, not to interrupt, but I have to just really quickly ask you, like, was there ever a time before low rise was in with our generation? Was there ever a time that it was like considered a style or a fashion choice outside of like maybe the fucking Renaissance era <laughs> to be a full figured woman? Was there ever a time? Because like, mm-hmm. I very much feel like it, like what is not going to happen with the low rise jeans thing is like, I, I really feel like less girls will be starving themselves. To, Cause I, I definitely, dude, I was five, eight and weighed 98 pound, 97, 96, I think was the one where I was like really happy. And it was because of those two thousands magazines where they'd be like, Nicole Richie and she'd be on the beach and they'd be like, she weighs 90 pounds. And I'd be like five, eight next to, you know, her like four eleven ass and think to myself like, Oh, like I can do 98 pounds when like, it's just, it, I don't think anyone will obviously eating disorders will exist, but I don't think anyone will go to those lengths to wear low rise jeans and like a juicy tracksuit the same way. No, I don't think like, the 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 media culture is as toxic as it was then I think like certainly younger women seem like they are more aware of those sort of like I don't know they're they're more aware of those pitfalls but I think there is there's probably a a trend towards 
natural in inverted commas. And I think like that is a little dangerous um, because because the idea of like the sort of natural beauty, like, you know, we've seen like the makeup trends have like trended towards like less heavy foundation and less, less full glam and less full beat and like skin shining through and whatever. And I do think it's like coded in quite a toxic way because the idea of like promoting a form of like natural body and natural beauty in inverted commas is also deeply unattainable even though it's packaged as something that's like be yourself but it's like be yourself in a really specific form yeah I don't know if I'm articulating this right but I think that's that seems to be what I'm doing okay let me throw I don't know if this is like totally offbeat and maybe you can readjust based off of this wild assessment I'm gonna make but like I do feel bad when I see a girl get a nose job that takes like all of her like beautiful ethnicity out of her face where I'm like, oh, now you look like every other girl at the mall who got that exact nose job. And but at the same time, it's like when someone gets a bad, bad tattoo, like don't say fucking anything. Don't say anything Mm -hmm. because the last thing I would want for some person to do is live through a life of regret that they had this surgery done that at the time they thought would make them feel better you know and there's I don't know is that what you sort of a little bit of what you mean yeah totally and also but just the idea of like we are more filtered than ever before. Like our phones like naturally put beauty filters on selfie settings that every time we upload to an Instagram or whatever, or every image that we see that is seemingly natural is not necessarily a fair representation of reality. And I think like if we start trending towards uh, like saying that this, this sort of more natural look beyond the sort of like heavy makeup be or heavy sort of filler look or whatever it might be or bbl surgically enhanced whatever it is all of those things we can see quite plainly are enhancements all of those things we can see very clearly that they are a certain look and style that we know that someone has like spent money or used face app or whatever to manipulate for a, to project that image so we understand i would hope the majority of people understand that like that isn't a fair that isn't a fair reflection of reality but i think if we are trending more towards n- like natural beauty natural look less fillers less bbl whatever it might be less surgery but we will continue to use those things those filters like particularly good light whatever it is that the lines will yeah. get even further blurred because it will be harder to tell i think that's kind of what i'm getting at and that's what's terrifying yeah well to me. i hope that with like indie sleaze like comes in that next just sort of that like natural level of embarrassment one should have when posting a photo of themselves to the internet that's like exceptionally <laughs> good I'm like bring i think back. you should always bring a little choose... bit of embarrassment <laughs> yeah i think you need to choose like your third best picture or you're crazy like i there's always a picture whatever picture i post there's always one or two where i looked better but I just don't want to be that person. Not because I don't want to intimidate you with my beauty, but because I think it's fucking embarrassing to like post a picture where you look like bomb. Like, I just think that we should all be more humble than that. You feel free to disagree. I know some people, it makes them feel better to feel like their best picture, but sometimes I think people don't know what their best picture is. Like, I have friends that will only approve a photo if they're 
they look a certain way. And then I'll scroll the scroll through the photos and I'm like, that's your that's your pose. Like that's your pose of choice. Like because I think you look better in all these other ones. But you know, I mean, I guess we all see ourselves differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You're right. Okay, you're up. What's your next okay. one? Okay. I moved my list around a little bit because I wanted to pack more power at the top. But Logan Paul is definitely going to rehab. Whether or not that's like a public thing, I do not know. But our boy needs to get cleaned up. He made this big statement about how he quit marijuana for the new year and then posted (laughs) an Instagram shortly after being like, yeah, I've been taking a lot of sleeping pills since I quit weed. And it's like, oh my God, Logan, like that's not like switching to an ambient addiction is not the move as a result of like, you know, plus are you still taking oxys or whatever? Because those will keep you up. I think that Logan is probably, but I think he's going to do like the classic turn. Like, you know, not to say I've ever known anyone that's like, mentioned wanting to do something like this but sometimes when people dirty up their image or become associated with like a certain substance or behavior it'd be like okay so you're little zan right lil zan so you're lil zan and you're Mm. thinking hey i would like to have a future on the other side of being this like fucking idiot i'm gonna quit xanax and i'm going to like maybe get my face tattoos lasered off and i'm going to like do an investment of some kind I think that Logan needs to like fuck up, get clean, and then become a motivational speaker, which was on his list of goals for 2022. I do love that the Jake, yeah. uh, the Jake brothers, the Paul brothers post their every year their goals. I think that that's because not only do they always surpass them, but it's like just, I don't know, it's very like familial behavior. To feel like you know someone Mm -hmm. on that level where you're aware of their goals. And yeah, so I know he was planning on a 2022 sort of like public speaking turn, but I think that that's probably going to happen in 2023, but he'll be stronger than ever. It's just like the arc his character needs. He needs to go through more than like the suicide force. Like he needs to be on his knees. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then we'll be like, okay, I'll buy a book from you, Logan Paul. Hell yeah. Totally. I absolutely, you're so on the money with this one because you called it that he was going to become basically like a Tony Rapp, like Robinsy person. And I was like, how does he, how does he get any real footing and clout in this? And he, you're right. He needs the struggle. He needs the, that, that as the run up to be able to set himself up. He's, he's very, um, like I always think about him as like being like Vinny Chase in Entourage. Like he needs to have his like Medellin moment. He needs to have everything kind of come crashing down so he can right. be rebuilt properly and, and you. <laughs> yes. And like, I think that uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't even doing drugs. If he was just like <laughs> building this arc into his character, because like it is the final push that it would be the final push marketing wise that he needs to like go into, you know, I didn't just make things bad things happen to me. Like I had a chemical dependency. And this is where I found out that my dad is a fucking creep. And this is where I like, you know, learned about why I want to box and like all this shit. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's actually a, it's a perfect move. And I actually find it's not uncommon from my, in my experience and from what I've seen for people who have like been notorious, like drug addicts or drunks and also like to be in the limelight 
like kind of set themselves up for this move. Like as much as I think Steve-O, for example, is a really great recovery story. And also he's a fantastic, you know, an overall entertainer. I do think that part of someone like Steve-O getting sober is also like, but okay, like on the other side of this, I can like market that, right? And like continue to get my yeah supply, you know? Anyway. Yes. Yeah, totally. Speaking of comebacks, so my number six is that Shane Dawson is going to come back, but he's going to do so via TikTok. So was this like a wacky one for you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, I was like, well, Trisha had a bit of a Trishonaissance on TikTok, right? Where yeah, people yeah. didn't really fully know, you know, she she built an audience there, some of which carried over from YouTube and was aware of her, but, you know, they're not they're not really aware of the intricacies of the Trisha Paytas story. And I was like, does someone like Shane Dawson ever really fully retire? I mean, I know he's like kind of been in the background of some of like Ryland's videos. I mean, I don't watch them, but. You see that on Deaf Noodles, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I think he's like has a seat on Ryland's podcast. Okay, this is what I'll say. Shane is not, in my experience, he doesn't have the same X factor that Trisha has where mm-hmm. – With Trisha, you experience 60 seconds of her and you've lived in a new world. (laughs) With Shane, I think what kids were drawn to, if I had to guess, like what kids were drawn to, it was that you could like, with his original videos, it was that he would like give you a little meal and maybe like he wasn't the most personable guy when he was first on camera or maybe he wasn't like the attraction in some of his sketches but like he could put together a nice little meal for a young child and he did those documentaries that you know i always say like you cannot discredit what a move that was for a youtuber i've always felt that that was shane's success was that mm-hmm. he could stay relevant after all of those years even if that meant like retiring an entire shtick or beloved part of his career. But I could see him more if he hadn't had so many incidences of getting in trouble with his past podcast. I think that he would do well enough in that medium because he can, he can lay out like a meal the way that he does, but I don't think he's like great in a, I don't, and also TikTok is, you can say whatever you want about TikTok. It does. It's a it's an accountable community. Mm-hmm. Like you will be checked. Not only will you be like if you know, if you have any sort of like record or anything, will you be like snuffed out? But like the comments the comments check other commenters on like microaggressions and just things that you never see on any other platform and I will sometimes like go into like Twitter replies and YouTube comments to see if like anyone's offering that sort of banter that they do on TikTok. And it just doesn't exist on any other social media app that I've ever seen. No. I mean, when I say he comes back via TikTok, I don't say that he does well on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, okay. Just like, he's like, hi guys. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Cause I I agree. I think, I think had he not like had a huge amount of like podcast controversy. I would imagine him sort of slithering back into our consciousness via a podcast, like very quietly plugging away with people who were OG Shane fans still listening, like having his little community in it and it basically being quite a closed off 
I don't know, quite a closed off little medium that he would be able to run free in. But I think he's kind of poisoned that well. So I, I have a feeling that he may be will come back and I don't think it will go particularly well for him, but I do think that he might, he might pop his head back up. Okay. I'm probably going to like, I was just thinking about like how I was going to explain why I think this next prediction could be the case. And I'm already canceling myself in my head, but I think that this could be the year that Kendall Jenner comes out as pansexual. I would love that if that happened. I would love it too because I feel like one, how is there not in all Mm -hmm. of those siblings, how is there not at least one not straight person? Uh Like there has to be. Okay. Here's why I think pansexual. One, because it doesn't have the unfortunate curse of bisexuality, which is that everyone's sort of like, well, what's that? Like pansexual is vague enough that like if they said that on drive time radio show, like Kendall Jenner came out as pansexual, no one would know what that means. They would forget Mm -hmm. about it. And that's like a great soft launch. And this is, this is where I'm like, I'm going to get canceled because it it is, I'm being disrespectful, but I'm also trying to think through the lens of like the average American mind, which is like who I think Chris Jenner and the Kardashians are pandering to. But I think we all remember the proactive incident when Kendall was like, I have a big secret. I can't wait to tell you guys, but I've been so scared. And then Chris Jenner's like, my daughter's the bravest person I know. And then it came out like the next day that she was the new face of proactive. And she's like, it's always been painful for me to have acne. And they absolutely were thriving off of the fact that- They were queer-baiting. 100%. 100%. I get, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, as much as you can call that queer baiting, because I don't know if it, it can be classified as that, right? Because, like, it wasn't like they were showing a picture of, like, Kendall, like, in a booth with Cara Delevingne and being, like, so excited for my daughter to come out with her big secret tomorrow. <laughs> they yeah, were just yeah. saying Kendall had a secret and we were all like, oh, we know, you know? Yeah. What's your next one? Mr. Beast is going to go into space. <laughs> this was, so, I, when I saw your list, I'm a little like, I'm a little bummed that we did full transparency, but I'm glad we did because we get in more predictions that way. But this like made me scream when I saw it because it's so, it feeds my Capricorn so much to hear. You're right. Like, and this is why I'm so proud of what a little businessman this boy is. This like, sort of like, you know, down home boy from North Carolina, I could absolutely see him going to space. He is so completely, what's so amazing about Mr. Beast is that he's so fucking unremarkable, but mm-hmm. he's very good at what he does. And he could absolutely, yes, he could absolutely go to space. 100%. <laughs> yes. I was like, what is left for him to do? Just that. <laughs> he couldn't do politics. But he could go to space no, and he 100%. will go before a Paul brother does because I think that he's also like respected. Okay. And Mark Rober's going to build the rocket. Not really. <laughs> I know, right? Team team space. Okay. So my next one is a big celebrity will come out as Polly. And I feel like we've already sort of danced with Will and Jada. I was going to say the Pinkett Smiths. <laughs> Well, I hope they shut up in 2022. <laughs> There's I really, almost I just, no chance. They need to stop. Someone needs to stop interviewing 
<laughs> Will Smith because he keeps saying things, and so does she. And it would be good if they didn't for a bit. Mm, yeah, I agree. But I think that Polly is going to. I think Polly makes so much more sense moving forward in terms of relationships. I think we're going to see changes in the way that people have children. I think we're going to see changes or continue to see changes in that area. I think we're going to continue to see like how the heteronormative relationship is defined. But I also think that we're going to see like things that work for people that are maybe under the radar for many, but like are actually pretty useful solutions to, you know, Mm -hmm. and solutions. I mean, I think polyamorous is like a state of mind, but I think people will be mind expanding more for sure. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. I totally agree. And you know what's really funny? Like, all hail the sort of algorithm of the internet that we live in. But I did see a really good thread on Twitter that was about it said one of Western modernity's greatest cruelties is the fact that couples are expected to raise newborns alone. I'll never understand it. And it really is an impossible thing. In other cultures, you give birth and in a flight of female relatives descends upon you to take care of you and make food and do chores and help with the baby you don't just solder on in a two-bedroom apartment with only one partner who works full-time and this thread was posted on the 1st of January it's had like 34,000 likes and it's so it's so true and kind of speaks to I think the way that the nuclear family will hopefully take some lessons from I don't know indigenous communities and how they raise children and and then also 
uh, we need it. We need it. I didn't put this on my list, but I had this thought is that by the next school year, we are going to see a complete, the beginning of what will eventually be a complete change in the education system where I think parents are so tired on the back and forth, parents on all sides of the aisle are so tired with the back and forth about COVID and the protocols and, you know, oh, your kid's going to be in school for the whole year, but actually JK for the first two weeks after New Year's, like they're going to be home. We're seeing colleges like not really give kids the college experience. They pay a fuck ton of money for because Mm. I think anyone would be lying if they said that they paid $100,000 to go to a school for a year because they were purely into the education aspect of it. Like paying that type of money for a private university is like largely dependent on the experience for so many people. But I think that there will be like sort of this en masse retreat from public schools in America where people are going to start schools in their community where they're just sort of like tag teaming. Like, you know, this dad is really good at math. And so one day a week, he's going to make it work and like see kids all day. And that's going to be their math lesson because Hollywood's been doing this for years. Like you can get a kid in and out of school for much less than what what kids go through all of those years. Schools, like in some ways, Mm. as awful as it is to say, you're there for so long in a day of your precious childhood years that it's hard to think of it as much but a daycare center. Mm. That like you go to jail if you don't send your kids there. And while like Mm. I do think that like it's a huge, it'll be a huge disservice to teachers and in public education to like take people out of that system. I just don't see it being like a long lasting surviving thing when there's such a back and forth and maybe in five years or something when we're in a better place. Cause like we have to admit it's not over and it's not going to be over. And like our lives are different now and they're always going to be different. So yeah. I just think that there's going to be like this mass exodus from the public education system and it might start sometime over the next year with parents not preparing to send their kids back to school in the fall. Yeah, which would be especially good if there's a a movement towards uh, being more open about polyamory and dismantling the idea of what a traditional, what traditional family roles look like and what traditional working day looks like and what staying at home with the kids looks like. If you want to see what America is going to look like, I'm going to need you to go to showtime.com and I'm going to need you to sign up for the extension. I'm going to have to have you watch the two season show, Polyamory, Married and Dating. That's uh, that's our future, baby. That's America. Okay. So, okay. What's your next one? So uh, very similar to your Bitcoin one, I think Ethereum is going to reach 10K by the end of this year. And, and, but I think it's going to reach it. It's going to have a stratospheric, very quick, like bull run up. And then I think it's going to drop quite significantly. It'll go back. It'll like find it's like medium to around five. Yeah. What do you think is going to bring it there? I think there will be a renewed and hopefully better uh, education about NFTs. And I think particularly around gaming and I think crypto and gaming are so they're such interesting bedfellows and for me I think like the future of crypto 
or the thing that will push crypto into the mainstream will be the gaming element. So I think that maybe there will be a there will be either a a, a game that already exists that that will go stratospheric, like Fortnite level stratospheric, and that will bring a wider awareness to NFTs, which of course, like I think, run on the Ethereum blockchain anyway. But I think Ethereum will have this huge like meteoric rise I think and then people will probably see the pump and get in or like get in even harder and heavier than they have been and then I think the interest will dissipate people will lose and make a lot of money and then it will find like a higher middle that it'll sit at again for quite a while so probably around the five or six k mark I have no basis for this <laughs> no I'm not I a financial advisor <laughs> So like the biggest, the biggest or the largest price that Ethereum has been at all year is around like $4,800. So that is quite a leap. And like just thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so Herbert's is dead, but like I'm thinking like someone like Annie Leibovitz would draw the same amount of like attention to something where it's like, I think it has to be an artist who's willing to sell like a never before seen incredible piece of art to get it has to have so many whales but new whales like buying in in order for that to even be a thing I think 10 grand in a year I don't know I think we've seen we've seen coins like pump really really heavily and then and then drop especially the the gaming ones like engine and decentraland or whatever and, and I know that that hasn't gone to like stratospheric levels in terms of like actual value per coin but they have like 10x or like 20x in a really short amount of time yeah well no yeah so nicole matthew one of our producers she was telling me that her husband started to have a change of heart about nfts around the time that i think it might have been gamestop i'm not really sure who announced that they were going to like sell limited edition video games as NFTs, which I think, yes, I think that that will have a huge, that's huge actually. And I think that actually that is very like true to the history of gaming. Aren't there like many games that were developed by like big game developers in the long run where it was sort of like a one-off and maybe like one guy had a disc with that game on it? Mm. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. So somebody sent me this thing that I didn't even understand and neither did they (laughs) but we were both like I don't know if this is but I think it was a it was a marketplace it involved nfts it was it used so many like buzzword weasel words that it was like hard to really dig through it but it involved this kind of like gaming world and gaming landscape where you could buy elements of that and obviously like we know that like people are buying land in like large scale kind of like like role-playing games for their their tokens their crypto tokens whatever but in this thing there was like you could buy the you could buy elements like you could buy air and I was like what the fuck (laughs) that's actually okay yeah that's interesting especially like game pieces like wearable pieces I could see being really big I don't know how that like necessarily translates to nft but I could see it moving through something like ethereum so Here's my question, not financial advice, of course, but I always tend to, if I sell something that's sort of blowing up, I tend to put it into Bitcoin because I view that to be practically a stable coin, to be real. Mm -hmm. But 
Should I be putting into Ethereum, you think? I don't know. I think that we've had a pretty chunky rise over the last year. I mean, it has been quite the, uh, we've, I mean, there's been peaks and troughs, but I do think that there's, I think there's a, there's a lot of life yet in Ethereum and I don't love it. Like, I think there's a lot of problems with it, but it seems to be as with, as with many of those things, there, there never really is a perfect coin. And I think like, even with its faults and flaws, it does have a, it does have an awful lot of things that use, that use it. So Okay, wait, shout out though, because I just looked up like the year on Ethereum. If you bought a $715 Ethereum at this time last year, it would be worth like almost $4,000 today. And at one point it was worth almost $5,000. So guys, when I'm telling you about fucking crypto, this is what I'm talking about. Stop being a dick. (laughs) I do have a link, an unaffiliated, unsponsored. Well, no, it is affiliated. I think I get, I think I get like $25 in Bitcoin and you get like $50 in Bitcoin if you sign up for Voyager. Stop being a dick and go. And also on Voyager, you can get an interest rate, which I think is very appealing personally. Mm -hmm. Guys, I love an interest rate. I'm old. Okay. My next one, Mark Zuckerberg is going to get exposed for saying slurs. (gasps) And I'm going to go ahead and back this up. So I put in our Google doc, which is going to be available in our link section as always, that Mark Zuckerberg reportedly made a fake racist social media profile in Cameron Winklevoss's name. I'm just going to say, if you are capable of getting on a fake profile and being racist, you are just as capable. And I think he mm-hmm. does. I think that Mark is of that era where like he might have had a variety of unfortunate things he said. I mean, Mark's a very problematic individual. We cannot re- forget that he created Facebook to fucking bully a girl. So mm-hmm. I think that this man has... I think this man has some things in his closet, many, many things in his closet. And and now that people, now that we've had the Facebook whistleblower and people are speaking about what's going, you know, on at that company behind closed doors, it's possible that Mark Zuckerberg could get as canceled as a billionaire could get. Hard agree. I agree too. If you if you're capable of being able to dig into the parts of yourself to play a character that is problematic, racist, using slurs then it is a nugget that exists within you. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm with you on that. Okay. My next one is that Prince Andrew will be forced to go to the US to answer questions about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and Virginia Guffrey. I mean, yeah. Okay, wait. So expand on that. Okay. So as we know, Ghislaine Maxwell has been found guilty Uh, her trial's over. One of the things that like, I guess was keeping Andrew in the, out of the public eye, or I say not out of the public eye. I mean, he stepped back from royal duties, but is still a member of the royal family, hasn't been ousted, is that there is a theory that Prince Andrew was always the queen's favorite child. So I think that like, under her leadership, Andrew has been quite protected. However, 
what I will say is that the Queen's speech this year, the Queen, and I know we said no deaths, but she did look very frail. And the Queen has also taken a step back from royal duties. She didn't appear at church as she always does on Christmas Day. She's been not very visible publicly for many, many months now. And I think that then she may, if she does not pass, she will certainly be sort of, uh, I think she will, uh, well, she's having her like platinum jubilee this year. So I think like she'll get through that or maybe she won't. And then, and then I think she will probably like fully take a step down and maybe like step down from the throne or I think she'll like hang on in there and then go. But if she goes, that means that Prince Charles will take the throne. And I don't know if Prince Charles will offer the same level of protection to Prince Andrew as his mother did. Interesting. Okay, that's interesting. No, you're right. That's interesting because it's much easier to be the brother of like a pedophile and turn on him than it is to be the mother of one. And I'm sure that she doesn't even want to consider. I mean, Look at, like, Charles and Camilla. Like, I'm sure she doesn't even want to fucking consider that her sons could have anything wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Or any defects. Not that adultery is the same thing as, you know, uh, raping a teenage masseuse. But, <laughs> <laughs> for lack of better terminology. But I do think, I, I was going to write down that I thought he would kill himself before that happened. But this is the thing with, if, you know, the queen is likely not no longer going to be with us after a certain point this year and everyone on tiktok is saying it's sort of been trending that she's not going to they're not gonna they're gonna hide that she died if anything so that she can get past 69 because not only is that like a record for like the longest someone has held what do you call it office (laughs) <laughs> the throne <laughs> the throne oh the throne of oh, <laughs> jesus fucking christ the throne but like you know they they want her to be like the longest running queen ever mm-hmm. or you know throne holder ever <laughs> but can we talk about the difference between catholics and protestants really quick because i literally am mortified that your country has the queen doing a christmas day special on tv every year like i don't know i will say catholics we've got our own problems but one thing is we do put jesus first and there would be no can you imagine if our fucking like who the if the pope got on tv on that's sacrilegious it's like every christmas at three o'clock and i remember as a child my least favorite part of christmas day was the queen's speech I hated it because, first of all, it would interrupt, you know, you have to schedule the TV. And this was in the days, Molly, before Netflix, when there were only very few channels. And Christmas TV was appointment viewing. So, like, the BBC would put, like, big films on Christmas Day and so would ITV. And it would sort of be like the battle for Christmas telly because once everyone has their lunches, everybody sort of sits on the sofa and drinks wine and eats cheese and eats chocolate and then whatever. In our childhood, even like the drunks and crackheads had appointment television. Like there was certain things that no matter what was going on in your life, like you showed up for that friend's reunion, you know, or whatever, finale. Like yeah. it's it's a thing. Yeah. And, you, you know, especially back when we were growing up, let alone not even having Netflix, like cable had 36 channels, I think. Like you were treated to an extra 20, 22 television stations when you got cable 
now it's there's like literally 500 stations. Yeah. And imagine as a child having your favorite kind of TV time of year interrupted by a 10 minute chat from the head of state who suddenly they play God Save the Queen. She sits at the desk. She says something about hardship as she sits in her palace on <laughs> and suffering right. and then and then it all goes and the thing that always like killed me is that like my like my mum is by no stretch like that we did have a little slightly drunken like <laughs> discussion on Christmas day around about the royal family because I was feeling particularly trollsome I started trolling her she's definitely not a royalist by any stretch neither is really anyone in my family but like it's like, oh, it's three o'clock. We have to watch the Queen, and I'm like, do we have to watch the Queen? Do we really have to watch the Queen? And Channel Four, which is like the the TV channel in my country that does like the kind of they've they've got like they're not state funded like the BBC is, but they are. Uh, I guess they get state they get money and they they have a huge sort of remit like for like yes, basically it's just like that. And they do, they would always do an alternative Christmas message at three o'clock, which would be like they would get someone really interesting to do like ten minutes, which would so they would provide an alternative to this like very patriot like patriotic sort of loyalist like monarchist thing, and. And I was never allowed to watch it because we always had to watch the fucking queen. So I feel some kind of way about it. <laughs> like I feel like whenever no, we that's like it, it so uncomfortable. Mad. That's yeah. such like a bummer on Christmas Day. I mean, I listen. I'll be real and say that I thought like going to mass on Christmas was a bummer. Let alone you're into it. Like you got presents getting ripped open. Like you're a little bit like on a chocolate or booze high, depending on where like you know where you are in your life. And you just want to relax. Like you don't want to do 60 minutes. It's, it sounds like 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's a real bummer. It does make me think of like like a wartime broadcast or something, you know, like where you sort of everybody gathers around the radio, the wireless to hear that like, you know, the blitz is happening in London. Like it was just it just it feels very not of its time. It's like put it on fucking TikTok and let's move on. Let it do, <laughs> let it do right? like, a, like a one minute TikTok about it. And then I think you can choose to watch it if you want to. Okay. I moved my list around again since you saw it. But my next one is that Dallas JFK cult is going to go the way of Jonestown. And I think it's going to happen before April. Mm-hmm. Because it's been over a year of these people waiting. I mean, I honestly think it could happen within this month oh wow really we'll start the year with a well it's been a year since the insurrection Mm. we have the january 6th committee all lubed up ready to go (laughs) and you know these people were let down for the entire last year and they do they think that i mean some of these especially people who are that far gone i can't even begin to process or even really find information about like what they believe at this point. But it does seem like, you know, the majority of the people who are still involved in Q, but particularly this like JFK Jr. strain of Q, which like makes no sense. My grandparents were Kennedy Democrats. Like it just doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I I think that like, you know, they're already drinking poison. So, you know, apparently we put a link in the description for that. 
But like they're already drinking like small bits of poison. And I just think that it's only going to escalate from here because there's a sense of urgency. So many of these people have, have left their families or have been told by their families to fuck off, basically, which I completely understand. I can't imagine what it must be like. Like trending on TikTok this week quite a bit was kids who were being ostracized from their families because they got vaccinated, which I cannot I can't even believe that's like the case. But there's people who think that, like, mm-hmm. you know, you injected some sort of evil thing into yourself. And as you know, as much as I like to be have like a zero tolerance policy on anti-COVID vax and anti-maskers, like it's just I, I kind of keep it loose. You know what I mean? Like if someone doesn't do that, I'm not gonna start a fight right away. I can I cannot imagine. No, I, I guess I could imagine maybe telling an anti an anti-COVID vax relative that I don't want to be around them because of the fear of spreading. But it's just interesting to see, you know, I think that it could be sooner rather than later because people are getting desperate. And I know I feel desperate to get out of the house. I can only imagine how desperate these people feel. Yeah, agree. Okay. And you were the one who pointed out that cult to me. Do you have any like download on what's going on now? No, I mean, I've been... (sighs) I didn't want to like poison my FYP too much on TikTok. I feel like probably what I what I don't want is for my algorithm to be too, like my algorithm is already like trending towards like celery juice and dimension jumping. Like I really need to keep it on rails because I am about to go off the deep end. But I did I did do a little bit of an exploration of what was being said and did find myself in like TikTok queue circles and then kind of backed out pretty quickly but I'm keeping an eye on it I think I think you I think you're right again like with many of these things like things are bubbling and there is there's been a real keen sense of there's a lot of energy that exists within the population that needs to escape either good or bad and we are moving towards something which is going to release a valve in some way or another I agree Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's only, yeah. I mean, listen, it could be the, you know, unfortunate mass shooting I (laughs) mentioned earlier, or it could be the other way, but it's, it's, it's definitely, we're reaching a boiling point and I don't think it's going to be the civil, I think if the civil war part two was going to happen, it would have happened during the election. Mm. And unfortunately it just didn't go that way for the people that wanted it to. And I think at this point where they are is that they don't really have an effect on on most people. So it's insular, which is scary. What's your next one? Okay. So <laughs> my prediction for the new wellness trend of 2022 is that daily enemas are going to become a new trend because I feel like we've exhausted all of the trends that go in through the mouth. And I think now it needs to go in the other way. Yes, it's like the 2022 response to like 2014's ass eating. (laughs) If you're going to eat it, you better clean it. I also remember there was like a, I think there was something trending where there was, (laughs) there was like this yoga where you would supposed to do it nakedly and show your butthole to the sun. Do you remember that? And I was like, we're we're moving towards a very ass centric, like new generation. (laughs) 
I think that we come around to the ass in different ways. So like where the BBLs might lock. And honestly, that could actually, a BBL might prevent your asshole from seeing the sun. (laughs) But I think that like once every decade, people are wanting to talk about the intimacies of the human shitting experience, which is so gross, by the way. Tiffany, have you ever listened to like a podcast by male comedians? All they talk about is like how they shit and how they wipe themselves when they shit. And it's like disgusting. It's like, honey, like you should have been taught this when you were like three. Like, why are we talking about this? We're in our thirties now and you're being like, so like, how do you wipe your ass? Like get a life. Oh my God. That's not like, just because everyone is an asshole doesn't mean people relate to that. Like, no. And by the way, not everyone has an asshole because I, (laughs) excuse. (laughs) unfortunately, some people do not have assholes and they had to have intricate surgeries to make their bodies work. And I, I am just saying I have heard of that. So don't even, that's actually an ableist expression. (laughs) Okay. I think that nepotism is going to have another moment. I think that people are super fucking over nepotism and have been for a very long time, but I think we might break through on another level. And I have my notes that another Operation Varsity Blues type event will happen, but not with college admissions. And I think that it's going to be, honestly, there is like a tier of success that is taken up specifically by people that have direct inroads to the industry of their choice. And I think that there's going to be a series of events that happen that make that a more shameful thing for the first time truly in history. Not even just like, a oh, they're a nepotism kid. They're a quote unquote industry plant. Learn what that means. Millie Vanilli is an industry plant. Like your average person that you don't think is a talented musician and has a dad who works at a record label is not an industry plant. That's just nepotism. (laughs) And I think that that's what's going to be like a big thing this year. I think that it's going to be different because Operation Varsity Blues was, I'm going to be honest, I don't fault Olivia Jade. If my mom told me to get on a fucking exercise bike and pretend like I was cycling for my life, I would have done that when I was 18 because I still listen to everything that my mom said all the way through my early 20s and I'm still afraid of her. So I I just, I think that nepotism is going to get a hard look this year and that it could be an issue in the way that I think we've seen other areas get inspected more closely. Mm-hmm. Like it. I agree. I also know like from teenagers on TikTok, which is where I get all of the information that I have in my brain these days, are very hyper aware of things like nepotism and privilege. And there's a lot of there's a lot of move towards like the ending of gatekeeping. And I think that's that is a link to and tied to this. I had someone, and I'm I don't even want to accuse him of this, gatekeep me from an urban outfitter's dress the other day. Like I was the cutest fucking dress I've ever seen. And I like commented on this video that couldn't it didn't have more than 20 comments on it. And so obviously it wasn't super viral. And the creator was responding to other people. And I wrote, like, where is this dress from? <laughs> The girlies in the comments and then someone on our Instagram told me it was from Urban Outfitters and so so I ordered like every color and every size and I'm probably going to return them all next week. It's my birthday next week, guys. But 
yeah. So I I think that like gatekeeping is a huge thing that's going to be over soon. It's very like it's always been a thing that rich girls do. And you ask them like, where's that from? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I just like got it at some thrift place. It's like, bitch, give me the tag. Like I have eBay. Mm-hmm. I can also look for things. Like stop being so coy about it. Not everyone wants to copy. And by the way, who says that if I got the same sweater as you, I would even wear it in the way you do? Mm-hmm. Very, anyway, very true. we're about to face tough financial times in this world and we all need to get a, the fuck together. Okay. I was raised <laughs> by people who lived through the Great Depression. Okay. I know how to bathe myself with freezing cold water. Do you? No. <laughs> so stop fucking gatekeeping. Okay, what's your next one? That The Rock and Crocs are going to do a collab. I love that. They absolutely should. And by the way, oh my God, what do you think about Vin Diesel trying to force the ultimate collab on The Rock right now? The Rock apparently came out and said, I think I I saw this, that The Rock is tired of Vin Diesel's passive aggression when it comes to getting (laughs) him to rejoin the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, Vin Diesel's always good for a laugh. I will say that about Vin Diesel. So what do you think the rock Crocs will look like? I think that they will be like regular, probably like a, like his, in the same sort of like beautiful, like honey tone beige as his like skin. Like I think they'll be all like maybe like army style Crocs, something very motivational. And I think they will be like plain ass Crocs, but I think they'll have like He'll have a bunch of cool croc charms, like rock croc charms to go in there. That you're right, that will be his thing. Yeah. I think like they'll be good, good old fashioned, like regular cool crocs, <laughs> cool crocs, but the charms will be the thing. And I know that somebody did 3D print the rock croc and he did react to the that, which was what made me think, oh, he's gonna crocs are gonna be like, do you wanna make the rock croc? The rock, if you will. So the the 3D like printed croc was actually kind of amazing. It was just like the rock's head like emerging from like sort of like head and shoulders emerging from the toe of the croc. And it's it's actually a beautiful thing. And it is, as an artifact, yeah. I've always been on the side of ugly shoes historically. I feel like ugly shoes are the way to go. I've never been that person who's into like an elegant shoe. I'm always like, no. With the shoe, you have to have something that is so multifunctional. Like even if it's even if it's not comfortable, it needs to be so dumb that if you look at it, you have a feeling even if it's bad. Like I like an ugly shoe. That's just, I've always, and I remember when ugly shoes started to trend, they were like, ugly shoes. When was that back in like 2016, 2015? Mm -hmm. I'm like, bitch, I've been about the ugly shoes. (laughs) I have like a size eight foot and I'm tall and it just, for some reason, a size eight on me, like if I get docks, I I look like I'm ready to hop in the clown car and- (laughs) I don't know what that, I don't know why that is, but like for some reason on my body with, with my big ass platypus feet, and that's what they look like to me. I know eight is a very average size, but to me, they look like big ass platypus feet. And that's because they're on my body. 
Like it's something about my body that does not translate to that size shoe. And I don't know what it is. Cause like, I actually don't feel like I have a relationship with my feet. Do you feel that way? You're short, right? Yeah. And I've got beautiful feet. You do have beautiful feet. Well, everyone's seen your feet. I listen, I have an eight. <laughs> I'm not saying I have ugly feet. I have an eight on wiki feet. Okay. I'm killing yeah, it. Yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> and you have a wiki too, right? No, I don't. No, I don't. I thought I did, but I don't. But I, but people did used to, I'm pretty sure people did used to comment on when I used to vlog, when I had my feet in the background, they used to comment on my feet and probably Taylor screenshot Swift, it. you're a sick fuck Taylor Swift. We fucking know what you're up to, bitch. And I didn't even touch her on this list because I'm in trouble on TikTok <laughs> for my Taylor Swift opinions. Okay. So this one is that it's a name trend. I think Betty... Beth and Elizabeth are going to rank higher than they have in years. Mm. Betty last peaked as a name, which I think Betty is just pretty on its own. And I'm unfamiliar with like the history of Ryan Reynolds and Betty White, but apparently it was like a huge thing. And that's why their youngest was named Betty. And Betty is who Taylor Swift wrote like the name. The name Betty is the subject of her song, Betty. And so I think that over the next year, we're going to see a lot of people use that name. It's going to be like very big. The last time it was popular was literally in the late 20s and 30s. And it was still, it's still only ranked at like 1300. I think this is such a good show as well. There was definitely like a trend towards like bringing back I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but like old lady names, like Florence being one of them. Like Florence was the name my grandmother and Florence had a bit of a resurgence and May and like Maeve and and stuff like that came back. So this is like, I'm so- They're all back. 100%. All of those names are back and I haven't seen a huge Betty resurgence. And I think it's because it's an unserious name. Like Mm -hmm. I have the name Agnes tattooed on me because like my, my grandmother called all of us Agnes. Like- anyone she saw she'd be like oh Agnes like because I don't I don't know I guess it was like an ugly name when she was growing up and so she thought it was funny to call like everyone Agnes but I have such like an a fondness and an affinity for the name because like as much as she thought it was like Chugi I thought it was like the best name ever like I think so fondly of being called Aggie or Agnes but like yeah I think Betty is like a name that has this sort of like lack of seriousness to it or like polish and it hasn't been considered previously because of that and it will I mean when you think about it it is a warm name it's such a it's like no warmer or less warm than Molly like it's the same sort of thing but less likely to be a dog name okay what's your last one the BuzzFeed is gonna shut shut down forever this is so good Tiffany this is so good. This was such a good one. It's so good because like they did break that. They broke a huge Me Too story, right? Like that was the, or like a big political story a few years back and everyone was like whiplash, like BuzzFeed for real yeah. because BuzzFeed's like not really taken seriously. But I think that even though the twee culture is coming back, I don't think BuzzFeed will survive this next round. I don't think that's the version of Twee that people are looking for anymore. No, I think it's also like it's it's seen as something which I think is it's 
it's kind of very lame and outdated. Like their, their fun and more disposable content is a little bit lame and outdated. And I don't think that they were able to maintain seriousness. Well, especially considering they did a mass exodus and firing of all of the very expensive journalistic hires they'd made when they sort of tried to turn turn pro, like turn serious in the wake of all of that political stuff. And then they couldn't sustain it as a business. And what they're selling from a business perspective, I don't think people are necessarily buying. I don't know if people believe that is the right way to reach people anymore. They were very potent for a very short amount of time. And I think that they will they will fall into the ground. And you know, funnily enough, I watched a video today that was, it was called Why Epic Mealtime Failed. And I was like, oh, epic mealtime. And there's a type of internet, which is very that from 10 years ago. What is Epic Meal Time? Because I've heard of it, but I don't. I wasn't like on YouTube back then. So it was. It was a. It was a series of a channel that had a, a very strict format, in which young frat boy esque men who use bacon as a punchline when bacon was the punchline to every joke ten years ago uh, sure. would make. Yeah, it was it, right? They would make yeah. these like very outlandish meals. Like they would do, they did this thing that was like a fast food lasagna, which was basically layers and layers of like Big Macs, like loaded up with like other stuff. So it was the idea of like making something which was like impossibly outlandish and larger than life and spoke to a certain kind of part of the internet. And what this video I was watching kind of said, and I think this is very, very true, is that the this was in a time of YouTube where like engagement and like watch to the end wasn't really like a metric that was being so heavily pushed. Yes. And it was before YouTube started pushing the algorithm towards like towards like longer form content and keeping the you ten on it minute. But the thing about Epic Mealtime was that they sort of accidentally stumbled upon a format that was very much like a linear story that had a clear beginning, middle, and end. They set up the premise, we're gonna make a fast food lasagna, then you see them make it, who cares? But you wanna watch to the end because you wanna see how it turns out, you know, what it's like to eat, whatever. So it had a very familiar structure. The problem is they they did kind of, they burnt very, very brightly. They were also shackled to this format, which had worked really, really well for them. There were sort of divisions within the group of the people who set up the channel or were involved in the channel and, and whatever, all to do with money as it always is. And the channel kind of limped along after that for for a few years. I think it's actually still going now, but the views are significantly lower. I mean, we're sort of under 50K views, where at one point they were getting millions of views per video. And they used to be in the top 10 most subscribed YouTube channels. And they have done this thing where they... They've clearly, the people who are running it, which is this guy called Harvey something, Mornstein or something, uh, this sort of bearded guy who talks about bacon and Jack Daniels, they've tried to sort of go back to form of the things that worked for them back in the day, which are these very epic things. But like people grow up and people move on and we've already seen it. So you're stuck in this awkward position of like, where you can't evolve because you don't know how to evolve and change the channel into something that's that people will still be interested in, but you keep falling back on making the same kind of thumbnails. So I think like BuzzFeed for me feels part of that era where when something is failing, like the the instinct is either to like scrap everything or like double down on what you know works. But if the world has changed, then doubling down isn't gonna isn't gonna do anything. 
You know what I think we're witnessing and all the other times I said chuggy, babies are chuggy, whatever else I said. I was kidding. I actually do think now that I looked it up on Wikipedia, I do think Epic Mealtime lives in a bubble because, okay, it's described as Wikipedia as a Canadian YouTube cooking show known for extremely high calorie meals, generally out of meat products, with a particular emphasis on bacon and including alcohol, especially Jack Daniels. So this is, yeah, they're now represented by the Gersh Agency and Burlstein Gray. So I think that these are all things that are not like, yes, there will always be Americans who are interested in that, but I don't think you're going to convert a lot of new people to like Bacon and Jack Daniels. Mm -mm. However, can I say that like one YouTube thing I really respect, like their ability to adapt and create is Rhett and Link. I like don't know much Mm -hmm. about them. But they, I think, have done whatever it is you just described fairly well over the course of many years. And I don't think their career is going anywhere. And they've always done sort of very similar things and maybe grown out and expanded upon that. But they have, like, figured out a little piece of magic. And that always makes me so happy as a fellow entrepreneur to see from (laughs) others. Okay. So my – God, is this my last one? Okay. (sighs) You guys, everyone shut up. Don't do anything else. Just turn your car off. Pull over and turn your car off. Okay. I don't know if she wants it. And I'm, I'm hesitant to say that she might even want it because I feel like everything is historically saying that she might not. This could be the year of Juno Temple. I love Juno Temple. (laughs) She is my favorite actress. I've never seen an actress do what Juno Temple does. She can – Juno Temple is the best actress ever. I could, like, cry. Like, why do I feel like – I think I'm getting my period or something. <laughs> Am I going to cry? <laughs> I – no. I think she's so talented. I think you – God. I no, I think she's so talented. <laughs> I just don't understand why it hasn't happened for her yet. And like <laughs> every time I write something, I go in and they're like, who do you see as the lead? And I'm like, Juno Temple. And like even after my agents and managers say that she's not like a lead. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like, no, she is though like the best actress of all time. Oh my God. Why am I crying? This is insane. No, I love Juno Temple and I think she should be, I think this should be her breakout year because she was just on Ted Lasso. She still is on Ted Lasso. She, I can only assume at this point that she doesn't want it because like she could be the biggest star and for some reason is so comfortable falling into this like character actress niche which I feel like is really all you need in life is to maybe not so much focus on being like a young beautiful ingenue and like work more on your later life where you're like I don't know like respected on a different level for your craft like I don't (laughs) I just hope that she is like famous this year because she is so talented and Oh man, you've co- you've you've convinced me. 
Why am I crying? <laughs> it's so weird. But you guys, if I could tell you, if I believe in anyone, it's Juno Temple. And I really, really hope that she like gets her due because like I just think she's the most talented. I mean, guys, she's British. Okay. She shouldn't even be able to do what she does. Like, Tiffany, you're very talented too. But like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no Juno Temple. (laughs) You can really wear an accent, but like no one does it like Juno Temple. And I just feel like the world is missing out on her genius and you need to revisit her filmography. You should watch Dirty Girl. It's like an independent movie. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it's such a good movie. And. It was when I decided, you know, Temple's my favorite actress and it's just so good. Okay. So, oh my God, I cannot believe I fucking cried on this podcast. And I cried And I didn't about- think it was going to be about this. <laughs> no, I literally said a doctor would shoot up an anti-mask rally. But I'm just so overwhelmed by like how sick I am of the public not recognizing Juno Temple's brilliant work. I think that's all of our predictions for 2022. But you guys, please, like, please support Juno Temple. And my other prediction that I didn't even have on my list is that you guys are subscribed to this podcast and you have given it a review. (laughs) So those are all of my predictions for this year. Love them. Such a good list. Yes. Amen. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I, like, cried on trend lately usually i save that for the other shows okay you guys thank you so much for listening please send us your predictions for 2022 on twitter instagram tell us to fuck off thank you so much for like participating in all of our instagram polls you guys they're all saved in our our highlights on instagram if you want to see what the audience voted in terms of some things that could happen in 2022 Wait, Tiffany, we both had this on our list and didn't get to it. Pete Davidson, right? Too much of a good thing. Yeah. We might he's gonna yeah. get canceled. Pete. Got it. It's gotta happen. Yeah. Praying for you, Pete. You know, God bless and thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Girls, I don't know why you wanna be, but I ain't never seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here ten, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Double G's on the left, double G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vine. Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down. Threw the money to the center, now watch it hit the flow, now rag it up. Huh? Rap, rap, rag it up, king, bag it up. Huh? Bag it up, can you stack it up? Stack, stack, stack it up. She said, Where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas. And if I drop a pin, best believe that she on the Thought way. She was important, but I'm moving right about the I'm way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC, low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like they tell her, Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush. You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT, white shirt, orange like a punk mama call me ask me how college is and i said bless hold on contained herein are the heresies of radolf burntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as i uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving god and we are not its favored children the heresies of radolf burntwine 
coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.